0: Hi, and welcome to the Lighthouse Church podcast where we're diving deeper into God's Word and doing our best to help encourage you in your walk with God. Thanks for joining us. So, today we're talking, we're continuing our series, God Is, and today we're talking about God is setting the prisoner free. It's not God was, it's not God will, it's God is setting the prisoner free. He does it all day, every day. It's amazing. And I'm looking forward to this today. So, uh, Acts chapter 12 today is where we're at. I'm going to read a few verses out of Acts chapter 12, and we'll break it down. Is that okay? All you 80s and 90s people, y'all know what it means when you break it down, right? I don't know if that still means the same thing today. Uh, Just what? Oh, chicken fika chicken fika Yeah, because I'm breaking it down. That's how you break it down. How many of y'all know what it's like to break it down? A little run-DMC breakdown. How's that? Some of y'all have no idea who that is because your childhood was nowhere near as good as mine. That's why. So Acts chapter 12, verse 1. We go from Undiam C to Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested who belonged to the church, uh, instead in, intending sorry to persecute them. Now let's, we're going to get that straight right off the bat. What was his intention? His intention was to persecute the church leadership. He was going to capture and arrest some who belonged to the church. But he, if he could get a prize, then that was even better for him. But he had, it says, James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And it says, and this is sad, that when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So the Jews were excited that, John, um, that James, the brother of John, was stabbed or was killed with the, with the sword. And that's so sad that the Jews were so excited. Isn't that crazy that God would send his own son to die, born of that culture, and the culture turned against him. And at this point, a lot of them are still turning against him. But just so you know, I mean, the church is a big deal to me, not because this is a building, because we as Christians are the church, and the devil has tried lots of things over the years to stop the church, and every time he tries, it just seems to get better. It seems to grow stronger. And so here we are, and they're feeding um, Herod's ego, uh, because a lot of times when we find out that somebody likes something, we do more of it, and uh, because we want, when we have pride, we want more of it, and so I see that a lot going on in our culture today, especially with social media, because everybody has an opinion and everybody thinks their opinion's right, and everybody thinks they need to share their opinion, right, on social media. So we have a lot of political things and things like that that are going on and everybody makes everything political anymore. And it's really sad that we can't just not make things, everything political. Isn't it? It'd be nice to just have a political break from things for a while and just make jokes without any kind of insinuations as to regards of our guilt of being political. You know, So I'm for one, I'm like this and I see people that they're like especially over the events of the last week with the court case that was going on and and Wisconsin or where it was and and all the things that are going on. And I'm like, you know, everybody feels like that they should give their opinion and everybody needs to hear it. And then when people react to that, they do it more because that's their natural tendency. But here's the truth about that. If that is the case, then generally, that means there's probably a lot of pride there. And so Herod here is dealing with his own pride because he don't want the church to succeed because they will overpower him possibly. And then the other thing was, is that the Jews were liking the fact that he was persecuting the church, so he would do, do more of it because they would stroke his ego. So it's a bad situation all the way around. So here we are. This happened during the Festival of unleavened Unbred, verse 4. It says, after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads, of four soldiers each. So somebody help me out. It's been a while since I've been in elementary, but four times four is. Depends on who you ask. Sixteen is what I come up with every time. But nowadays, people will say, no, it depends, you know, whatever. So, 16 is what I come up with. So, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, and he said, yo, get up, right? And he said, that's not exactly what he said, but I like it that way. He said, and the chains at that point, as soon as the angel had said that, fell off of Peter's wrist. So when the angel said to him, now put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so, wrap your cloak around you, follow me, and the angel, the angel told him, he said, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was just seeing a vision. He thought it was a dream. You ever had a dream like that? I've done that too. You know, it was the other day. I think Amanda had a dream about her something. It was your back or something. Other, I think, was somebody was pouncing on her in her dream, and then she woke up and her back was killing her. And I was like, "Wow, that is nuts! Isn't that how that happens? That is weird." I'm like, I keep praying that I have a dream that somebody gives me a million dollars, and it hasn't happened yet. So, uh, uh, but I'm gonna keep on dreaming that I dreamed that. So Peter is having this interesting situation where he's like. Everything seems to be real, but I don't think it's real. I think it's kind of this uh, weird thing going on. And it says in verse 10, though, it says, They passed the first and second guards. Then they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and, it, and then they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. And then Peter, in other words, he came to, he came to himself and he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent the angel his angel, and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Now, the story, the goal here is obvious. Herod, feed his pride, destroy the church, imprison, kill, whatever it takes to do that. I'm going to wipe out the church here. The church, at this point especially, has no weapons at their disposal Herod is overpowering them. There's no doubt that there's no way they can defeat Herod and his people. But they have one thing at their disposal, and that's prayer. But isn't it funny how a lot of times we have prayer at our disposal. We know that prayer works, but we will not use it first. We'll use it last. It's just in case what I do doesn't work. You know what I mean? I'm guilty of that and so here we have this situation and I want you to make sure you understand this because this is important for all of us prayer is not about how mature you are in God in your walk everybody can pray every single one of us can pray now as I mature my prayer life changes because God changes me through the process I begin to see things differently I begin to think differently but I have to start somewhere one of the most effective prayers I ever had to start with in my life was when I just let it all rip out and let it go and I proceeded to let God have everything that I've been holding in for a long time and I was 19 years old and I was in my truck and I proceeded to have a prayer that a lot of church ladies would be embarrassed to hear today. But God wasn't shocked. A matter of fact, I think God finally went, by the time. By the time you quit saying those all those King James prayers and started getting real with me. Started being honest with me. And I did it, and it was the most amazing thing in the world. And it was about an hour after that, I got to work, and I was at work, and I felt bad for my prayer. I felt bad. It was like I started being embarrassed because of the way I spoke to God. And then I realized that that was not God. That was the devil trying to keep me from doing it again. And because he doesn't want me to do that. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we have in our arsenal, period. You know, so period. But it's easy to forget that sometimes. And so... God is teaching his people, the church, how to pray. Because I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but prayer was not something that was talked about, really, until the New Testament. Because prayer was not something that all of us could do. Because we relied on the high priest to go into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies. And now all of a sudden Jesus has leveled the playing field and now we get to pray. You, me, all of us get to pray, not just the high priest, but all of us get the opportunity. And so they're learning the ropes of prayer here because they're very young in their walk with God. How many of y'all been there? You know, and and so there's three things, though, that jump out at me about this that I believe God wants to speak to us today, and I believe will help you, help me. I know it's helped me in the first, I'm going to get a second dose of it. And so God is setting us free. The first thing is this, there's no prison that God can't set you free from. There's no prison, I don't care what prison it is, God can set you free from it. And I've seen tons of prisons, and I've had my own prisons, and I've seen tons of prisons over the years, and I've seen people set free from tons of prisons. But I will say this, that I believe the most dangerous one would probably be the one that you probably think of the least, and it's actually the one that is the living by the law prison, because that is a prison. And I'm telling you what, man, because we think that we're doing right, but meanwhile, we're living wrong. And we're not open to negotiations, so this prison that we're in is extremely difficult to get out of because we're walking into church every Sunday in a prison and walking right back out in the same prison that we came in with. Are y'all with me? So when we see somebody that's on drugs or alcohol or anything like that or they get sex addictions or whatever it may be, I understand that, that can be set, they can be set free and quite honestly might actually be even easier than the one who has the religious spirit that tends to not realize how bad they really are. If y'all, y'all okay? Okay, is everybody all right? Because I've dealt with this before and I've come close to this before and there's somebody in my life right now that's teeter-tottering on that very thing and I'm praying that they don't go into that because they are leaving one thing and going right back into another thing that's actually possibly worse than the thing that they've been delivered from. Because it's so bad. So I want to warn you of that. I want to, I want to do, but there's no prison, even that one, that God can't set us free from. Here's Peter. Look at the story. Think about this. I'm just going to go back here because you need to see the whole picture. All right. You're Peter. Okay. Somebody. All of you guys. Just say that. I'm Peter. Okay. You can say that. Nobody, Not many people saying that. Okay. It's okay. Well, you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. Now, you're locked in the prison way out there. I'm walking through the very door of the prison, and behind me are some soldiers sitting outside the door. And now I'm going to lock that door behind me. We're going to chain it up. We're going to lock it, and the guys are going to sit outside there making sure nobody gets by it. And then as I walk on in here, there you are sitting there, and on each side of you are two soldiers. Is everybody with me? So look around you. There's two soldiers around you right and on your left wrist is a chain and it's chained down to the ground and on your right wrist is a chain and the reason you're in there is not because you're a murderer it's because you're bringing hope to all people and people can't stand it that's messed up isn't it and so here he is locked up in these and it says though that he's asleep now I don't know about y'all but some of us got just enough worry in us that we wouldn't be sleeping right right So he was asleep in between these guys. And you've got all these barriers. And even in the depths of that prison, surrounded by all that he was surrounded with, God reached right through the door, right through the soldiers, and grabbed a hold of him and helped him come out of that prison. Because there's no prison that God can't set you free from. See, it doesn't matter. You can lock me up. You can bury me. You can stick me up under this church and build a bigger church on top of it. God's still going to find me. It doesn't matter. And God can still free me. You know, so if you've ever said to yourself, I'm not sure that God can fix this in my life. Well, honey, I actually wrote that down because that's how I said it whenever I was studying. And I said, well, honey, because I said, well, honey, and I kind of had this attitude, you know, like whenever I see the women at the grocery store gossiping over somebody, and they're like, well, honey, you know, let me tell you. Well, honey, let me tell you, you ain't got nothing but hope. And as long as you ain't got nothing but hope, You've got the ability to walk right out of that prison that you are in right now. Now, you may say, well, I'm not really in a prison, but I know somebody that is, and I'm praying for somebody that is, and maybe this is for you because you need to hear that there's no prison that God can't set them free from because numerous times in my life I have said, God, I don't know how you're going to deliver them because it's bad. And God says, don't care. Bad, badder, baddest Worst, it doesn't matter. I can do it all. I can deliver. You just keep praying. And so that's what I do. But here's my problem. Anybody got this problem, too? Sometimes I think God needs help. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think that God's not good enough or fast enough, and that he's not. So I had this funk last Sunday that I was going through because I had been helping somebody. And then they just kind of turned their back and went a different direction. And I would invested my time and prayers. And and I took their problems as my problems and and all this stuff. And I was so disappointed. I was so aggravated about it. And I was sitting in that booth last Sunday night by myself when God, I believe the Holy Spirit, said, Shut up. (laughs) Some of the two holiest words you'll ever hear in your life, shut up. Because in my mind, I think that I'm helping God fix the problem when what I need to understand is God is allowing me to be a part of Him fixing the problem. But I think the problem needs to be fixed under my supervision, but I'm only a part of the equation that God is allowing me to be a part of, and so I'm thankful now that God has just allowed me to be a piece of the puzzle of what He's doing in their life, and it may or may not happen in my watch. But you can never screw up by doing what's, what the Lord wants you to do. But I was in, those, in that mood last Sunday where I was like, I'm not helping anybody else. Sick of people. People are horrible. Everybody. Everybody. Now, I, was, I was doing my best to keep it together. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. And I'm really not. I suck. I really stink. My attitude stinks. Everything about me stinks. You stink. You stink. You stink. Every one of you. All y'all stink. That's the mindset. Anybody ever been there? just being honest but then thank God he intervened and he said everybody don't stink Brian it's okay not everybody's like this but one of the things that God allowed me to see last Sunday and he has before but he actually spoke this into me now you know how it feels to be me when my children turn away Now I know how it made God hurt when the Jewish people cheered Herod on when he killed all these people. That's really sad. I thought, thank you, God, for allowing me to know your pain and your hurt, because I also get to see your victories. And so there's no depth today that's deeper than God. Did you know that? There's no, there's no height that's higher than God. There's no prison that's too secured for God not to break open. There's no guard th- uh, too strong for him to uh, conquer. There's no sin too big uh, for him. But then there's something interesting that happened, though, in that prison because it says the angel came into the prison. There's Peter laying asleep in between two, two guards. And then it says that a light come on. Now, obviously, that was the presence of God working through that angel, the light but I think it's interesting because it's almost like he went in there and he, uh, and he pulled out his cell phone and he, and he went, Quick, get up. <laughs> okay, I've got to remember to cut this off because it'll run my battery down. How many of you ever walked around with your flashlight on didn't realize it? And everybody was wondering what was so bright about you. It was Jesus in my pocket. And so, but no, it was actually my iPhone. So, and here he is shining a light in the midst of the darkness because it's a dark place. Nobody woke up. All these things are going on. And he looks and he says, quick, get up. And, it, and when the angel speaks, this is what's beautiful. You remember, now, who's praying the whole time? The church over here that's brand new at praying. They're over there earnestly praying for Peter. And they're praying, and God's over here working, and they can't see it. And sometimes we're praying, and God's working, and we can't see it. And that's why we've got to keep on praying. That's why we can't give up. And so here he is, and, and he comes in, and as soon as the angel says, quick, get up, the chains fell off. You well, know, you know what we need today is a word from God that comes through an angel like that. And he says, quick, get up. He didn't say, chains, be gone. He didn't say that. He said, quick, get up. I and mean, the only way you're going to get up is if the chains are coming off. So today I want to ask you something. How comfortable are you in the prison that you may be in because when Jesus comes into your life, he sets you free from all of those prisons that, that have uh, kept you back all these years. The problem is, a lot of times for us, we never choose to get up. That's the problem. That's the big problem. It's not that God's not capable. It's not that he's not willing. The problem is, is we, for whatever reason, different reasons, refuse to get up and walk out of that prison. You see, because God can break down the doors He can rip off the chains. He can speak into your life. But whether you respond to that or not is completely up to you. Peter could have, he could have said, nah, I'm good. And you know what you have to be careful with here? Is that I, this is me, after this week and after praying about it, I believe and I think I've visual examples in my own life and people that I've worked with, is that we have a season where God frees us. And if we don't flee from that as fast as possible, then we will find ourselves right back in the same... Did you hear me? If Peter had have not walked out when he did, then he would have stayed until daylight come, and then they would have realized that his chains were gone, and so that soldiers would have locked him back up. As a matter of fact, they might have locked him up even tighter. Isn't that scriptural? That they'll come back seven times. Isn't that interesting? You see, right now today, you need to understand I don't know everybody's battles in here. But I know this, that there's a season right now in your life where God has freed you. And you need to get out that door as fast as you could possibly get out that door. Don't flirt with it. Don't say, well, I'm going to when I feel like it, when, I, when I'm comfortable with it. There ain't going to be a day that you're comfortable with it. Maybe, maybe just God will give you a little bit of haze just so that you won't know what you're doing like Peter did because Peter walked out and didn't realize what he was doing. And then he woke up finally and he was like, well, gone. here I am. Look at what God did. I hope and pray that's what happens to you because you know what our problem is? We overthink the prison. We overthink it. And we're not willing to get up and leave. So, the, so God does all the work, but it's up to us to respond. So the enemy would love to keep us there. You know, prayer is, is, is a powerful, powerful tool, to say the least. And uh, I want you to know this today, that prayer works. And I know that everybody says that. Everybody in here would say that. Prayer works. But how many times have you not prayed first, Right? We went through a season here. I was very honest in the first service. Hope and pray everybody comes back. We're going to do it in the second service. Hope and pray everybody comes back. We first came here. Everything was good for about two weeks. And then all hell broke loose. All these things were going on in And I was not happy. And it went on for a good while. For a long time. And I stood up on Sundays and I preached. And I did good for a while, but I got wore out after a while. I was sick of being here. So I went out and bought a for sale sign for a home. I started looking for jobs. I didn't care what job. I'd work anywhere to get away from here. Because it was so... It's not that everybody was bad. It's just that there were some that were. And they were out to get me for some reason. But now I realize that our battles are not against flesh and blood. So Amanda kept saying, she said, well, we need to pray about it. I'm like, well man, anybody got time to pray? I don't want to pray. Here's the thing is, I knew prayer worked. I just didn't want it to work. Because I wanted to solve this on my own, I didn't want God's help because I was mad at everybody else. And sometimes our selfishness, our anger, our flesh can get in the way of what God wants to do. And it was in my life. God wanted to free me. God wanted to free me. Did you know that there was never a, ch- a pastor at this church here longer than five years until we stayed here, over five years? Did you know that for the first five years, we battled and battled and battled and battled and battled? And it was like after that fifth year, it was like, Something just happened. It broke free. Do you know why? I'm going to say this, and i going to believe this. Because there's generational curses. And I believe that with everything in me because I've seen it through the years. I want to talk about generational curses and prayer working. Prayer works to break those things. There's some of the worst prisons that we can be in. You don't believe me? I'm sitting here talking to two teachers this morning. First service. Both of which taught, and I'm going to call it what it is, Allendale Schools. They said we couldn't do too well because we would lose funding if we did too well we wanted them to do good but we can't have them do too good because if we did too good then we wouldn't get that funding that we used to get somebody help me here (laughs) do y'all see where that's going I want you if I come to Lizzie and I say I want you to do good but I want you to do too good what does that say to her If I'm telling a kid, I want you to be smart, but I don't want you to be too daggone smart. Because you might actually succeed in life. You might actually break poverty. And then you might actually teach these other people how to break poverty. And so, I don't know if it's intentional, but I can tell you this, that prayer can change that. I know that with everything in me. I know that it can. I know that it can. Because prayer works. We try things our own way. I tried things my own way when I was here early in those times, and I bought that for sale and I never stuck it up in the yard, but I hung on to that thing. I hung on to it until after we had been here five years, and we were about six, seven years in. Nobody here knew that I had done that. Nobody here knew that I was going through that battle. Nobody knew the things that we were dealing with, and I took that thing one day, and I took it to the dump, and I threw it away because God set me free from that prison. And I'm so thankful that he did. And you're not, you ought to know about the prisons that I've been in because you've got your own prisons. And you ought to know that the preacher of all people has got his own prisons that God has delivered him from. And that not only do I have them, but God is able to set you free from them because he did that to me. But I'm thankful. I look back and I'm like, man, if I had quit, I would have missed out on so much and I would have never known that I'd missed out on it because I would have went on living my life. But Amanda kept saying, pray, pray, pray. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and she convinced me at times that I would pray, but I was praying, but part of me was hanging on to this solution that I had back here. And that's okay. Guys, listen to me. It's okay to do that because you're learning how to pray. You're learning how to do it. And what I found was every, just every now and then, God would give me this little inkling of hope that he was hearing. I was like, wait a second, hold on. I think he just answered a prayer. What? What? And every time he would answer a prayer, I would let loose a little bit of what I was trying to do until eventually I found myself swimming in the prayer pool. And I had let go of it all. And I had to go back to the and say, you were right. <laughs> it's so pain- right. I knew she was right. I knew she was right when she was telling me to pray. I just didn't want to because I knew prayer worked. That was the problem. I wanted to work. I wanted to do it. I said, I'm going to go tell them. I'm going to talk to them. Biblically, it says that if I have a problem with my brother, I'd go to him. Just because it says it doesn't mean you have to do it right now. There's a time and a season. Number one, we ought to pray and allow God the opportunity to work it out. And that's what we did. And God did just that. And we prayed this prayer. God, either change them or move them. and change me too. God did. And for the most part, God moved them. And we look now all these years later and we see how God has worked in us and God has shaped us through that battle. And I'm thankful for every single minute of that battle now. But I would have never been thankful for it that first five years. But you know why? Prayer works. Prayer calls down the creator of the universe into your situation. Prayer gives permission to God to overcome what it is that's overcoming you. Prayer gives you permission to let go of whatever it is that you're fighting so hard to control. It allows God to work in that area. So listen, the last thing is this. God answers, and usually, usually, unfortunately, we're shocked when he does. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not going to read the scripture. You can read it later. If you start in verse 12 and you go on, you're going to find that Peter, after he come to in the middle of the street, he decided to make his way over to where most of the people were that had been praying for him. And he goes up to the door and he knocks on the door and the lady comes to the door and she goes, no way. She shuts the door on him. So she does. She's like, I mean, don't we do the same thing? We pray and we're shocked when God answers. I've been guilty of it. I'd be like, what? What? You mean we pray for you to be healed and you got healed? How in the world did that happen? I don't do that so much anymore. And here's the thing. It's okay if you get shocked whenever you pray and God answers. It's okay. But when you know that you're maturing in God is when you're not shocked when he answers, but you actually come expecting that he will. The difference, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean one's bad, one's good, one's better. It means that in my walk with God several years ago, I was shocked when he answered prayer because I was new at it. But now that I've prayed enough, now that I've seen him work enough, now I'm not shocked when he answers, I'm shocked when he don't. I go into expecting him to answer me. And why do I do that? Because God allowed me the opportunity to talk to him. You all with me? He allowed me. God is not, he don't owe me a thing. God gave me the opportunity, the door, to go to him and pray. And why would a God who wanted to punish me, why would a God that wants to hurt me and harm me, give me an open door to talk to him any time of the day? Why is that? Because he's out to get me? No. God desires to hear from us. And if God desires to hear from us, he desires to answer our prayers. The problem is, is that we have an idea of how he should answer. And a lot of times he don't do that. And that's disappointing to us sometimes. When I'm young and when my walk with God, I was shocked when He answered prayer. But now I'm not. I expect Him to. You know what the church needs? It needs a lot of people who are in shock when He answers prayer. And it needs a lot of people that are expecting Him to answer that prayer. You know why that's good? Because it's good. Let's take Michael here. He's young, he's young in the Lord. If Michael prays, he might be shocked that God answers because he's young in the Lord. I need that in my life. You know why? Because God don't need to become an old thing to me. I need that freshness. I need that youth. I need that young tenacious anxious I need, and he messaged me this week. I've been praying and God's been And I'm like, yeah, and I'm sorry, I didn't ask you to do this. I'm just doing it. And so that's what I do. That's how I roll. You don't answer me unless you're going to give me permission to use it in a sermon. And so here he is. And I'm so excited to hear that because there's times when I forget how precious and how valuable prayer is. And sometimes it's somebody who's new at it that has to teach me that that's how I need to be as well. So the church needs this, and the church needs the, confident. We need both. We need both and there's room for everybody and I'm just so thankful because one day Michael's going to be expecting it rather than shocked by it and somebody else in his life is going to be shocked by it and he's going to have both things and it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. Y'all good? It's okay? It's all right. So it's okay to be shocked. It's okay to be confident. So how about you today? The light's on. God has said get up. Let's go. The chains are gone. The doors are open. How will you respond? Will you, will, you, will, you walk out, will you walk out the prison? You know, as I, and it's a shame. You can't talk about some things without some people getting political. But when I mentioned that about the school system, I'm not trying to degrade anybody. But when we talk about a community that's been hit by poverty, and at, I think at one point it was the number one county in the state. You may even be from that county. Second, whatever it was, first, second. And Hampton wasn't too far behind. Listen, when you're teaching children to do okay but not great, then you're teaching them that it's okay to stay where they are. This is not political. This is spiritual. This is a battle that we as the church can pray and see God win in. That God wants to break the curse of poverty Because I grew up in poverty, and it's took me years to overcome the mindset of poverty, and I still, it flirts with me every now and then. Still does. I grew up, y'all remember? Anybody had a free lunch ticket? Wendy did. Some of y'all ain't blessed to have the life we have. Grew up, we had this free lunch ticket. So we had this lunch ticket, and I don't know what color yours was. Usually mine was fit in your wallet size, and it would be either pink, green, or blue. Like, you know what? nobody else understands this do they and when do you okay so and when we would go to the lunch line the lunch lady would punch the ticket because you had the amount of days on that month and so once the month was over they'd give you a new ticket and that way you got free lunch because we grew up poor that's what we did but every now and then the lunch lady would forget to stamp my ticket which meant I got an extra meal that's exactly I said I didn't know that time that was God's grace that's what that was I got two burgers instead of one because she forgot to do it and she might have did it intentionally I, I would too if I were them but I don't think they do that anymore I don't think so anyway and I think about all the things that I experienced and I grew up in this poverty didn't have a plan didn't think that I could do anything didn't think that I could go to college I didn't go to college because I didn't think I was good enough smart enough or had enough money to go to college none of those things. anybody else relate to that and then I got married, and a man started telling me I was smart, started telling me all these things, and she, I know she was lying, but one thing about it, if you lie long enough, people start to believe it, and I started believing it, and I was like, wow, actually, you know what? She, she lied long enough for me to believe it, and I started doing all these things, and I was like, it's not that I've accomplished all these great things, but I want you to understand that one thing that I have done, I've overcome the poverty mindset. And a lot of that came through prayer. But you know, one of the ways, and I know, and I'm closing this up, but I want you to know this. One of the ways that you know that you struggle with that, it might offend you, but I'm just going to say it because it's where I struggled in it. it is when it comes to giving this is not a thing where church is short on money, it's not of that at all you give, you give, you don't, you don't but I did not give because I seen it as poverty through the poverty mindset the poverty mindset doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. it doesn't matter, poverty mindset has nothing to do with any of those economical status what I seen was that every time Amanda would give, it would hurt me and I would say, uh, but I wouldn't fuss with her because I knew the Bible said that we should be doing it. But I was like, mm, but everything hurt me. And then one day she came to me. She said, now instead of us giving 10%, we're going to actually go above that. We're gonna, and, then, and then I was like, <laughs> major anxiety. I'm like, we're already letting go of this. Gonna, you're telling me we're going to give over more? <laughs> and so, and, and, and to this day, because she is an aggressive giver. We just had the conversation yesterday. Uh, and, and I was like, you know, you don't have to give everything. <laughs> I just said it yesterday to her. I mean, she got, I was standing in the kitchen. I said, you know, you have to do it. All. You know, you can't be everything to everybody. You can't give. We need some money too, you know. And I still have that occasionally, but for the most part, God has delivered me from it. But here's what I figured out: is that God will deliver us from a prison and we'll walk out of it. But a lot of times, we carry the prison mindset into our freedom. And we're still thinking like a prisoner when God has completely set us free. You only know the answer to that question today. Are you free but still thinking like the prisoner? Because God, when he sets you free, he sets you free in physical body and in mind and emotions. But a lot of us are still making choices like we're a prisoner when God has completely set us free from that prison. God we thank you today we love you, we adore you, we thank you that you're a prison breaking God you're concerned about those things and God, if many of us are in prisons that we've created ourselves you know, sometimes that we've been the victim but God I grew up as much a victim very much a victim to some of the things but God then I became an adult and now I have choices and God you sent Christ into this world to die for me and that one day I chose him actually it was the day that I also chose to be free I didn't realize what I was choosing at the time but God as I've walked with you and I've matured with you and I've got a long ways to go God but one of the things I've realized is that the day that I chose Jesus was the day that I chose freedom. And God I want to walk out of that prison and I don't want to just walk out of that prison but I want to walk out of that prison and begin to learn how to think like a free person. Because we are free. Help us God. In situations like school systems, in situations where work or family-oriented things, things like that, where we're trying to suppress people, God, that is a spiritual problem, one that can be broken through prayer. And God, I would pray today that you'll give us the desire and yearning to pray over that because we may say it's not our problem, but when we live in an area that's being suppressed, it is our problem. Free us from that today, God. Release your spirit into this area to free us from that bondage so that we can experience your great work, what you have for us, the great plans you have for us, God, today. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. You can find out more about us at LHChampton.com. See you soon.